You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blissful Living Podcast. I am Rochelle Marie Lawson, known as the queen of feeling fabulous. And if you've been listening to my show for the last, mm, say, decade, um, then you know I bring some phenomenal guests on the show. And my guest always shares nuggets of gold with us to help us really transcend and having a better life with regards to wellness, wisdom, and wealth. And so today I am super excited about my guest because we're going to be talking about entering the mind. And I know we're all intrigued about our mind and how many of us really think about entering into our mind? Ah, piquing your curiosity with that one. So as you know, I like to say, this is a perfect time. Find a place to sit, get something to write with, and piece of paper, a pen, pencil, whatever. Um, Get your favorite beverage, whether it's herbal tea, water with lemon, you know, so whatever, whatever your favorite beverage is. And most definitely tell your family to give you a little time. Just take this time to really love and nourish yourself because I guarantee you the guest is really going to enlighten all of us with regards to entering the mind. So while you're doing that, I'm going to take care of some business. I want to thank our first sponsor of the podcast, Blissful Living for You at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. You have got to go check out what's happening in that world. They are uplifting everything and making everything really luxurious and elegant and fabulous and, and has a ton of stuff to help all of us be better with our wellness, wisdom, and wealth, so to speak. So. Check out what they've got going on. It's the upcoming summit that all of the women out there listening need to know about. Um, so check out Blissful Living at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U, dot com. The other sponsor I want to thank is All Day Cable Incorporated, a telecommunications installation company located in San Jose, California, and they cover the western region of the United States. And if you're looking for voice, data, fiber optic, wireless access points, audio, video, speaker systems, um, fire wiring installation, anything that is network distribution or telecom infrastructure, they serve as small, medium, and large corporations. And they've been in business since 1989. This speaks a lot of what they've been through which with regards to every economy that we've had since then. And they're still surviving and thriving. So if you have a need and you're looking for a premier woman-owned telecommunications installation company, then I highly suggest that you check out All Day Cable Inc. at alldaycableinc.com. Okay, so I'm so excited to, I'm taking care of business, and I am so excited to tell you a little bit about the guest. So let me tell you about the guest. Our guest is Sivan Hassett and Rachel and Rachel Wilkie. And let me tell you a little bit about 
the two of these beautiful souls. Suvon Hassad and Rachel Reed Wilkie are, as they say, co-conspirators in all things with heavy emphasis on spirits, which together they've been exploring since the day they met. Throughout the years, they've collaborated on numerous projects and arts, both in Los Angeles and New York City. Their time in the East Village culminated in a monumental exhibition, Documents of Love, at the same Haasfeld Gallery in Chelsea, where the couple exhibited a diverse body of work, poetry, paintings, photography, a short film to the attendance of thousands, if that's with an S. Upon returning to Los Angeles, Yvonne and Rachel founded Riot Material Magazine, a now thriving and widely read literary cultural magazine with its eye on art, word, and forward aimed thinking. Now, Rachel and Yvonne are the rare married couple who not only work and create together, but practice together day after day, side by side often knee-to-knee in a singular pursuit of knowing the deeper self beyond the conceptual self, that timeless, eternal being which bursts forth the temporal one. To that end, the pandemic year saw the couple in a contemplative retreat at their highest desert ranch in the northern Mojave Desert, a sacred landscape which sits just below the 12,000-foot peaks of the eastern Sierra Nevadas. Here, beyond their full immersion into meditative practice, Sivan wrote Entering the Mind while Rachel delivered to the world her inaugural spoken song album titled 11. And so with that, I want to share with you these two beautiful souls that are not only creating together, they cohabitate together, and they work together, and they're still together. So welcome to the to the Blissful Living Podcast, Sivan and Rachel. How are you? Hello. Well, how are you? We're great. We're good. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for saying yes. I love what we're going to be talking about, particularly this new written, beautiful book that I'm looking at, um, Entering the Mind. And I just want to jump in because I know um, a little bit about the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, but I want to just start and give the listeners a little bit of a background with regards to how you two came together. So Rachel and C, tell us how you manage to work and create together, but also find time to align your meditation practices, and particularly in regards to the understanding and the progressing in this practice known as, and I'm not going to say the word because I'm going to jack it up, but I'm going to let you say it, um, known as, whoever wants to say the beautiful word, Zogo. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell <laughs> us, either one of you, how did you guys manage to work together, create and align your meditation practice and progress in this beautiful practice that we're going to share a little bit with the listeners. Well, thank you so much for your introduction. That was awesome. And um, and I must say that we we just love spending 24-7 together. So it starts with that. We, um, we've been together for 12 years now. And um, 
we met through a mutual friend of ours here in Los Angeles. And since the day we first met, we felt that we were meeting again. Um, it felt like we were old souls that had spent time together in perhaps previous lives. And we just felt immediately comfortable in each other's presence. And we just realized that we we have this life here, this blessed life here in this human form to share together and to spend time together. And both being creative individuals, we immediately started supporting each other and enhancing each other's lives with creative projects, creative ideas. And so the working together and the creating together just felt so natural to us. And we were, uh, we just jumped right into um, expressing ourselves and and I think we both um, encourage each other to be independent in our artistic expressions, um, but we also come together and collaborate and express um, our individual talents together. Um, and we've been on this spiritual path as individuals before we met. And then as we met, we've been supporting each other in our spiritual path for many, many years. And, and I think we were blessed with the last few years in particular where um, the world stopped around us and we were able to really um, focus on our spiritual path and really dedicate some time to it. Um, so I, would I say love it. Didn't... Yeah. I love oh. it. I love <laughs> it. And it's like two beautiful souls coming together, you know, in, in the, and I always believe that there is no accident you know, we sometimes think it's an accident or by chance or, you know, but I believe in the divine connection of synchronicity and people come into your lives and special people come into your lives, you know, at a special time period. And sometimes we don't even realize, realize it. But um, I think that's, you know, what happened with you two. And it's just been this beautiful synergy of creativity and expression and goodness and wholesomeness and and just really, really beautiful. I want one of you to share a little bit about um, how the, how do I, what's the correct pronunciation of it again? I don't want to just mess it up. So those, and um, how, how is it different from the countless other spiritual or meditation practices that, you know, are happening around the world today? Well, it's, um, it is different. And the one difference it would be that Dzogchen points you directly towards the recognition of your own mind. So when we speak about uh, entering the mind, we're entering the mind with the idea of recognizing the timeless uh, mind that we don't pay much attention to. We pay attention to everything else about our mind, um, but we don't pay attention to what gives rise to the mind. And this is the beautiful space that kind of lays low and is just waiting and waiting eternally for our acknowledgement. So Dzogchen points us to this and shows us how to recognize it. And in doing that, we're in recognition of something quite incredible, quite, uh, again, it's timeless. It doesn't die. It goes on and on like space in the universe goes on and on. And it has wisdom that, again, is eternal. So Dzogchen is quite special. Oh, I love it. So, you know, we know that um, 
meditation is, is good for us. And I am a certified uh, meditation specialist. I've been doing meditation since I was a kid before I even knew that was the correct term of what I was doing. But, um, mm. you know, you seem to take it all the way in your book, um, Entering the Mind, by saying that the practice of Lojin in a very short time alleviate, even eradicate our dreaded experiences of anxiety, fear, anger, depression, addiction, and pretty much all of the other conditions so many of us face in our everyday lives. How is this actually possible? Well, all those conditions arise in response to the way we perceive the world. You know, when somebody's when somebody's meditating most of their life and they're beginning to recognize the world as the truly beautiful place that it is, um, they really have freed themselves in many ways from the conditions that most of us in the West suffer from. But the majority of the people are really feeling isolated, they're feeling separated, they're feeling uh, everything is me versus them or me versus the world at large. And this creates a lot of suffering. Um, what the Dzogchen teachings do is they, they show us in, in real time um, that we're not separate, that we're not isolated, that we're one with all. And we actually see this with our own eyes within our meditation as a, as a very real and profound experience. And this on its own alleviates the anxieties and the depressions and it alleviates the frustrations. So um, meditation is, is essential. If, you, if you're looking to kind of elevate above all of the current maladies that exist, then med- meditation is the way in. And Dzogchen is the path that you can enter on and very quickly kind of move away from all those problems. Interesting. Now, where does Zotin, um originate from? Is it is it an Eastern uh, practice? And it is has an it Eastern been practice. around for a long time? Or yes, it relatively it's been around since, since the Buddha. The Buddha brought it, uh, introduced, um, well, the Buddha uh, quite smartly introduced a great body of teachings, and the majority of those teachings were meant for the majority of the people. And as the teachings got a little more complex, uh, he, he spoke them to the people who had the capacity to hear those teachings. And then Dzogchen was one of the, the ones that were most rarely given, um, and they were given to the highest level practitioners back in the day. Now Dzogchen is being taught uh, to more people because the, our capacity has increased, uh, especially as the world is getting in a, a, a bit of a desperate state. More and more people are waking up and more and more people are seeking some higher level teachings, and Dzogchen is here for us, uh, and it's always been here on the planet, um, and the Buddha did introduce it about uh, several thousand years ago. Wow. I, I, you know, to be honest, I, this is the first time I've, you know, heard of it, and uh, I, thought I, I thought I was, you know, pretty up on um, some of the Eastern practices, uh, being an Ayurvedic uh, practitioner, but um, right. this, is, this is beautiful, beautiful. Now, I want to jump into entering the mind, and entering the mind begins with an opening chapter of a pilgrim on a journey to meet his or her master, a true sage. After a long, arduous journey, the sage imparts wisdom, the pointing out instructions, which are a series of questions to aid the practitioner in recognizing their own mind in its natural state. How do these questions 
pierce through or open up the conceptual mind so that one is able to see the non-conceptual mind? Well, the questions are are presented in such a way where the answer is going to be in the negative. So do you see, when you're looking in, do you see a mind that begins anywhere? And And the practitioner would say no to this because when you're looking, you don't see a beginning. Does it have an end? Does it have a shape? Does it have a color? And so these questions are actually pointing the inner eye towards this mind that doesn't seem to exist. We can look at our within our mind and see the thoughts. We could see uh, we could see all kinds of activity happening in the mind, but we're not trained to look to the part of the mind that has absolutely no activity. So the questions would be answered in the negative. I don't see a beginning. I don't see an end. I don't see a distance. I'm not far from it. I'm not near it. Um, then the real question comes up: Who or what is seeing this? And in in this one moment, we recognize that awareness is seeing essentially itself. Um, and so this is our first cue into a mind that exists that we're, we haven't been paying any attention to. When we do recognize it, we recognize it on a profound level. We recognize it. What they say is like a child jumping into his mother's lap. Um, and it's that kind of utter familiarity that... You're not, you know, you don't pay attention to it. You don't think about it. But when somebody points it out to you, you go, oh, my God, I've been seeing you all my life. I just haven't given you any thought. So this is the beginning. This is the entry point. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm very intrigued now. So Zoltan is, is, is unique in that the teachings are passed down from master to student. And this direct passage of teachings, which are known as mind transmissions, has been taking place through an unbroken lineage for many centuries and is still with us and is still thriving even today. Um, With regards to Zogen and his tradition of the unbroken lineage, until recently, the transmissions of these teachings were done in secrecy and only to a select few, which, you, you know, you kind of just shared with us. There is a lovely passage in the book which speaks to one teacher in particular who transmitted the teachings to his students by whispering them through a tiny hole cut into a wall. Now tell us why this was the case and why Zochen was considered so secretive. Well, that's a great question, and um, I'm not sure that we have all of the answers to this question, but um, but what is fascinating is that, as Sivan referenced before, these teachings were considered um, some of the highest teachings amongst the Tibetan tradition, and, and so many um, teachers were actually only allowed to transmit their teachings to one student in their lifetime. And so they had to carefully select the student amongst their um, congregation, as it were, um, to whom they would share these teachings. And it's really because the the monks at the time had to really go through a series of rigorous trainings back in the day to increase their capacity to even be able to receive these teachings. And so, um, you know, the master had 
to really select carefully which students had that full capacity, who was ready, who was truly ready uh, along their um, studies to be able to receive these teachings because uh, they believe that in some cases the transmission of these teachings from master to student could could possibly inspire instantaneous enlightenment. And so they needed mm. to know that the that the student was ready. Now, um, to our to the to the benefit of the West, um, but to the tragedy of Tibet um, in the fifties when the Chinese invaded Tibet, um, this, mm-hmm. this uh, uh, dispersed many great masters um, into exile, and many of them fled to the West, both Europe and America. And um, and of course, you know, for for many years, um, the teachings were still held quite secret amongst them but they they actually began to enact on a prophecy which was um clearly expressed by one of their great masters who said that during this time the western level of consciousness will will begin to expand and the western students will slowly become um, of a capacity where they can receive these teachings. And so it was lifted. The great masters could actually start to begin to share these Dzogchen teachings with more than one student in a lifetime. And, and now we are blessed with um, many teachers in the West who are now sharing with perhaps hundreds of, t- of students at one time in particular retreats. Um, and, um, and so, you know, we're very blessed that these teachings are now being shared amongst us. I love it. I love it. It's so, it's, you know, as they say, what, what sometimes is secret comes to light when it's right, when the timing is right. And it looks like the timing is right for us to be um, elevated on a more enlightenment path, especially those that are seeking. So beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I love it. Now, with the mind, um, it, it comes to spiritual practices. Often, spoken of in um, cautionary and derogatory terms. Mine is that which continually distracts. It is forever teeming with thought. It is always judging, planning, wanting, rejecting. Zoshin, however, does not see the mind in negative terms because the mind it points to is the non-conceptual mind, which is the exact same mind that expresses itself through endless thought, the conceptual mind. Could you elaborate a little bit on that with regards to how the conceptual and non-conceptual minds, are they one and the same? Are they two different aspects of us? Do they kind of intertwine? Can you share with the listeners more about that? Well, the mind is a beautiful thing, and there's nothing wrong with it at any level. Um, mind, the, the non-conceptual mind gives birth to the conceptual mind. So the conceptual mind is arising in in the non-conceptual mind, in much in the way that space itself allows for the sun to shine through it and darkness to move through it. It's a, it's the same space. It's it allows for so much to take place. So the conce- non-conceptual mind is this. Um, the Tibetans speak to the, this non-conceptual mind as empty like space, yet the space allows for all. And what is it allowing for in particular? Our awareness. Our awareness fills that space. So it is clean. It's pure. Um, it gives rise to everything. It's, but it's our perception on 
what it gives rise to, where the problems come in. We begin to judge it and we begin to revere it. And we take all these different positions that are continually shifting throughout our lifetime. So we're never fully grounded in the conceptual state because we have so many different perspectives on it. The non-conceptual state, however, never changes. And this is the state that we ultimately want to align with because this allows for permanency of the self, of, 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 of a stable awareness that will go on even beyond the body that we're in right now. Wow. It, just so enlightening with, with regards to what you're sharing. Now, you talked about things being like naturally occurring within our non-conceptual and conceptual mind. And after recognizing this, um, within ourselves, the teachings tell us to then rest in that recognition. And it is through this rest where wisdom develops and for realization actually to begin to occur. Can't you share with us this process of resting, which seemingly indicates to do nothing and how simply resting in the natural state can lead to an awakening? Well, this is where I think all of our meditative practices can um, comes into fruition. You know, m- many of us have trained in meditation most of our lives. You, you've spoke to this. And so we've developed a skill at meditating. And the skill is, is to kind of stabilize and um, not thinking too much. And this is exactly where we need to be when we, when we go in to recognize our own natural state. And then what the teachings say is to rest. And so you recognize a mind that isn't doing anything. And this is where we go, aha, I see you now. We see it with our awareness. And when we say rest, we're literally sitting and observing. We're observing ourselves within the space of the non-conceptual state. And this state is the very state that not just our conceptual mind is in, but everything that we see and perceive, including our body. So when you're actually resting in the natural state, you're in observance of your own body that is sitting upright within your own awareness. And this is where the movement, the shift in perspective takes place to the point where it profoundly begins to transform how you perceive the world. And it becomes such a much more forgiving and loving perspective because it's a perspective that allows for everything to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the resting is critical because the resting allows you time to get to know it. It gives you time to become familiar with it, intimate with it, and confidence builds in this perspective. And this is the key. This is the total, total way in to moving towards enlightenment, moving towards an awakening. And these awakenings take place in small degrees pretty much every time you go in and sit and rest in this state. Wow. I love it. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, my meditation practice is going to be, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to be a lot more aware, so to speak, okay. as I exist with regards to, you know, what's going on within my mind, conceptual and non-conceptual. Well, the, the book, now, entering, the mind, yeah. entering the Mind is written in such a way where it's progressive. So you can step-by-step practice this uh, Zogchen tradition 
you know, you learn to recognize, then you learn to rest. And then here are some techniques to use while you're resting to help clarify what you're seeing and to help stabilize in what you're seeing. So the book is actually a really good kind of a map to find your way in and then know where you're at. I love it. There you see, you guys, there you have it. Is you, you need to pick up this book and we'll tell you more about how to get it, but you need to pick it up. If you're, this has piqued your curiosity or it's intriguing you like me and you just want to keep asking more and more questions then stay tuned because we're going to share with you exactly how you can get more of Rachel and Sivan and the book entering the mind in just a few moments. But I have a couple more questions I want to ask um, these two beautiful souls. Now, ultimately speaking, space defines who we are, and we are, from a quantum physics perspective, more space than physical matter, which I know is hard for a lot of people to grasp. The body itself, the human body, is made up of 99.99% space. Speak to the ideal that if one were to remove the full amount of space that makes up our body, the human body would shrink to the size of a I want to say a, a molecule of death. Is that correct or is that even possible? <laughs> well, it is correct. Um, um, quantum physics now is um, is researching this in, in very in-depth ways. And, and they are able now to quantify the distance between the um the nucleus of an atom to the outer edge of an atom and the proton in particular to the outer edge of the atom and this equates to an incredible quantity of space and if you were to literally remove that space i mean we're talking quantum physics we're talking this minuscule amount but it, relatively speaking, it's an incredible amount of space held within each atom of the human body. And we actually have like a hundred trillion atoms in each cell of the human body. And we have a hundred trillion cells in the human body. So when you multiply this a quantity of space by all these trillions of atoms and trillions of cells, what you do is um, you find that actually the human body is made up of 99.99% space. And so only a tiny, tiny percentage of our body is actual physical matter. Now, these numbers, of course, they blow your mind, literally, because, of course, you know, we're looking at um, these incredibly high numbers. But this is the nature of quantum physics, which which ultimately is is leading us to some of the truths that the Eastern philosophies have known inherently for thousands of years. And, you know, when the Buddhists in particular speak to the idea that Space is within us and space is without us and the universe is made of space and we travel through space and space allows for everything. When we consider these quantum physics numbers, we realize that the East, many Eastern philosophers actually spoke to this truth um, inherently in this realm. And so now we are experiencing the, the culmination of science and spiritualism and how they are coming together and actually pointing towards that very same space that is within us and is also within the whole universe around us. You know, it's beautiful. I read something recently that stated, uh, you know, that we're all connected. 
And it was talking about the whole universal space, so to speak. And, you know, I, I, you know, know we're all connected. You know what I mean? We're all family. But from the perspective of what I was reading, with it being the universe, it's like, you know, my sneeze can literally affect someone else eons away from me um, because we're all connected. And I don't think a lot of people realize that even though we're these little separate tiny atoms existing here on planet Earth, you know, what, what one atom does, it affects the other atoms and it could be in a whole different part of the world. Um, and so I thought I had to, I was meditating on that and I thought, wow, that's beautiful because in essence, you know, people that have been in our lives, relatives and things that have passed on, they're still with us and we still can connect with them or people that are to come into our lives are, are, are with us. We may not see them. We may not know who they are, but they're with us right now because of this beautiful space. And you just said that we are yeah. just 99.99% of space. And so when you think about that in the vastness of the universe, it's amazing. It's just beautiful how everything is so synergistic, even though when we look out in space, we see it as just this big empty space, right? So it's just beautiful. I love, love this. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, ooh. And, and in that space resides consciousness. And so within the space of our bodies resides our own individual consciousness. And within the space of the universe resides the universal consciousness. And so this is your point. This is where we are all one because it's the consciousness that unites us all. You know, that that was the other part of what I read. It was so, oh, my God, you must be in my head. It was like, it was, that's exactly what the whole concept was explaining. And it was like, wow, you know. And, and then the other, to take it, like, even broader, is like, you know, everyone on Earth, everything, every living thing, plants, um, everything, is yes. all, we all make up the part, the beautiful parts of the divine. And when you think yes. about that, it's like, you know, ev- we're all connected. We're all part of the yes. divine. Yeah, some things are not how we like it to be. And some people are not as we perceive to be good people, so to speak. But all of this is part of the divine. And when you think about it, you know, each of us, we may have good days. We may have bad days. We may have days that start off good and are bad or vice versa, start off yes. bad and come out good. But it's all part of the the divine, and and it's when you think about it in that context, everything becomes a beautiful experience, even if it's yeah. a challenging experience. And so, woo, this is just woo. I could just go and talk to you guys forever, but of course, we're at the end of the doggone show, oh. and you know I'm all into this stuff. So, oh man, okay. So I want to ask one more question. I'm sorry if it's going to be a little bit longer, you guys out there listening, but you're getting some very profound information and, and just allow yourself to resonate and absorb the wisdom that Sivan and Rachel are sharing with us. Now, this question I want to ask you is, I know you two are both heavily involved in the arts and as artists, writers, and publishers of a, of a cultural magazine. So how do you see the relationship between the artist, the meditation practitioner, and the Zojin, how do you see that relationship as it ebbs and flows um, mm. with regards to our well, realities? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I think that Sivan and I, we both, um, we both see the role of the artist and the role of the practitioner as being 
um, brothers in arms, as it were, or sisters mm. in arms. And um, we see that art is really the last frontier of our society in many ways, in the sense that an artist will fearlessly push boundaries and fearlessly throw themselves into this um, this scape, this mindscape, this heartscape, this universal scape where they are challenging um, the status quo of our society. And they they're like fearless warriors who will express themselves and, and quite often their practice, their artistic practice will come from a state of meditation per se. They could be in a meditative state when they're creating their art and that flow, as you mentioned, the divine flow flows through them and they're able to tap into the source directly in order to be an expression of the divine. And likewise, a practitioner, a meditation practitioner, they tap into their creative force, the, the creativity of the universe, the co-creative consciousness of this universe to tap into those unknown realms where they are um, um, exploring the universe from a level of consciousness. And again, unhindered, untethered, uncensored by society. And so we really see that the role of the practitioner and the role of the artist are, are almost one in the same, just different expressions of the same divine source. Mm, I love it. And beautiful way to end our show. Thank you so much, um, Rachel and Sivan. Now I want you to share with the listeners how they can get more of you, particularly the book, Entering the Mind, but also your magazine and everything you're doing. Please share with the listeners. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, so enteringthemind.com will take you straight to our page where we um, we talk about the book. Um, you can purchase the book from there too. We um, have um, our podcast tour. So this interview will also be posted there. And then we also have for your listeners a three-part podcast that Sivan and I prepared in preparation for the launch of the book, speaking to um, key concepts in the book that um, some of your listeners might be interested in. Um, and all of this is a page that we created on our magazine. So you can also access the magazine. Um, and our magazine is called Riot Material. So that's riotmaterial.com. And you can subscribe for free and get um, your monthly newsletter, which will um, highlight all of the articles that we've posted um, each month. And um, and the magazine is, is full of content from art reviews to um, new music um, to um, cinema, like unusual underground films that we see Vaughn and I really enjoy. And um, and it just has an abundance of um of artistic expression within it, um, both from our writers who write about the art and the artists themselves. Um, so please enjoy the magazine, writematerial.com. And of course, if you're interested in buying the book, please go to enteringthemind.com and finding more about the Zog Chen practice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel and Sivan, for being guests on the Blissful Living podcast. It has been absolutely thank beautiful you. to speak to you today. And listeners, Thanks. listen, all of this, all of this information will be in the show notes. So please, if you forgot or, you know, you're too busy writing stuff down and, and didn't get entering the mind.com for the book 
um, riotmaterial.com for the magazine. I suggest that, you know, you definitely check out the show notes, but definitely go to the site and, you know, get the book and check out the magazine and, and get familiar with this. This is only going to enhance and make your life better. Only going to enhance and make your life better. And, you know, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about enhancing our wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that we can step into really living the life that we're meant to live, which is our dream life. And so, um, again, thanks to Sivan and Rachel. And thank, thank you, you to all of you, you. Um, for listening. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, too. You guys are just like a bright, <laughs> shining star on a, a moonless <laughs> night, so to speak. It's beautiful. I should say two, two twin beautiful shining stars together, <laughs> hanging out together. I love it. Love it. Love thank it. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm very grateful to have you. Um, okay, let me thank the sponsors. Blissful Living for you at Blissful Living, the number four, the letter U.com. Please check them out. As well as All Day Cable Incorporated at AllDayCableInc.com. And if you have any curiosity um, about anything we share, please remember you can go to the podcast and you can get all the show notes and the information on how to connect with Sivan and Rachel. And if you like this show, please share it with everyone. Subscribe to it. Work. Let people know about the beauty and wisdom that comes forth from the beautiful guests that are on the Blissful Living podcast. And um, I guess until next time, I'm Rochelle Marie Lawson, known as the queen of feeling fabulous. And I am wishing you all peace to your mind, wellness to your body, and tranquility to your spirit. And until next time, be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Take good care, everyone, and goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.